Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Hello. If you want the Real Houses of New York recap, you can skip ahead. I'll put the timestamp in the episode description, so just skip ahead. And I'm going to try to cover a little bit more of New York this week, because I got in trouble last week. People said it was too short. But before we get into any of that, we have got to talk about Whitney. Whitney on Southern Charm, you guys. Whitney, Whitney, Whitney. I, we have got to talk about Whitney. What the fuck is going on with Whitney? That's my number one question of the week. What the fuck is going on with him? Now, it's very subtle. I have to say, his behavior is very subtle. A couple weeks ago, he greeted Craig with a, hey, you little fucker. Do you remember this? He said, <laughs> hey, pal. Hey, baby doll. Come here. It was very subtle. If you would have blinked, you would have missed it. But it was, he greeted Craig with a, hey, little fucker. Now, this week, he was getting coffee with Shep. And his language was just very colorful and very different than what I'm used to Whitney saying. He said, yeah, big oh, guy. Yeah. Look oh, at yeah. you. Yeah, you have full serving. French press, bro. Oh, maybe I'll get a cup. Get a pot, man. I want, I want you hitting off my sh. I'm late. He was talking about a French press. He said, fucking French press, bro. Get a pot. I don't want you hitting off my shit. Okay, what? What is going on? Is I think Whitney's going through a midlife crisis, you guys. I do. That's what his language leaves me to believe. We also learned a little bit more of his sex life this episode, but it's like this language is very bizarre. Let me read this again. He said, fucking French press, bro. I, this is very aggressive language for a coffee shop. Meanwhile, Shep was having a pumpkin spice latte. This is not a pumpkin spice latte conversation. This is not PSL talk. It was so bizarre. Then he said, get a pot. I don't want you hitting off my... Sh-. Did he say shit? I don't know, but it was... Very aggressive language for a coffee shop on a crisp fall day when Shep was just there to have a pumpkin spice latte. I don't know what was going on. I think it's a midlife crisis. He said Smoochies is dying. And, you know, my heart is with him. Smoochies. I get it. I get his dog. It was just a quick shift. I felt like I had that ro- what I call Rony whiplash, which normally happens on The Real Houses of New York. But this episode, it was like Whitney's like, get off my fucking French press, you motherfucker. You know? I was like, what is going on? Get off my fucking French press, motherfucker. That's what Whitney was saying. I was like, oh my God, Whitney, your language. (laughs) I swear on this show quite a bit. And even I was like clutching my invisible pearls and I was saying, what's with the language, Whitney? Calm it down, tone it down. It was very aggressive. Hey, Craig, my little fucker. Hey, little fuck face. (laughs) Whitney, my God. I'm no prude when it comes to language, but my God, tone it down. Your mother's on the show with you. Did you kiss Patricia with that mouth? I mean, come on. Come on. So we're going to talk Southern Charm. I love this episode. I want to go to that treehouse farm or whatever the fuck you call it, the vineyard. I want to go there. It looked beautiful. We got a Danny confessional this week. My God, that was thrilling. We also got more of Eliza. Eliza's getting individual scenes now, which was shocking to me. Let's see. I am upset about something, you guys. This theme song business. Now, here's the thing. So, some people have been messaging me and saying the theme song is playing when they're watching. 
But the theme song hasn't played when I've been watching. So I'm confused. Uh, Some people are saying that it depends on where you watch it. I haven't gotten no theme song. And not only that, this week I didn't even get a mm mm-hmm. I didn't even get one mm mm-hmm. Not a single mm mm-hmm. Last week, I think I at least got a mm-hmm, but not, no mm-hms, nothing. Not even, I didn't hear the songs at all. And I don't know, am I watching it? I'm watching it online. Maybe it's the service that I'm watching. Maybe some of you are getting an mm-hmm. Maybe some of you are getting the bop I don't know. I'm not getting any of it. And week to week, I'm getting less and less. I'm not getting the scat improv. I'm not getting the mm-hmm's. I'm not getting the bop the birds and the bees or the one, two, threes. And I'm very upset about it. And maybe I got to contact my internet provider. I watch on the internet. And so we'll see. I, I'm going to contact someone. You could bet your bottom dollar of that. <laughs> I'm going to be writing my reps, calling my reps as soon as we're done here. And, you know, I'm complaining about this because I need a bop and I need a mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I hope my senator's ready. My senator is not the man, Eliza's dad, who's in this episode, which was shocking that we're getting him, you guys. Eliza's dad? Or wait, no, he's not, was he's not the senator. He's like the disgraced congressman. I think the, am I, am I getting them except Joe Catherine's man is the senator. So anyway, no, mm-hmmms. Cameron is still narrating, though. I, you know how Grey's Anatomy, I don't know if any of you still watch it. I'm going down with that ship. I still watch it every week and I love it. Love my Meredith Grey. But, on certain special episodes, they have somebody else narrating. So 90% of the episodes is Meredith Grey, but then occasionally they'll like let some rando narrate. And it's always thrilling. It means like, it's like a very special episode. So it's like, you know, Bailey's narrating or any of the other cast members are narrating. So super exciting. And I wish they would do that on Southern Charm at some point. You know, wouldn't it be so fun to just have Craig narrating? Or, I don't know. It seems like it's always Cameron lately. And so I'd like him to throw it around, like, give me a, a Chelsea narrating. I don't maybe Chelsea's dad. I learned over this past week that Chelsea's dog, that adorable dog she's got, is actually like one of the Michael Vick dogs. Did you know this? One of the Michael Vick dogs she adopted. And I think it's the cutest dog. And we got some very aggressive dog work in this episode, but in the best way. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, we got a lot of dog work happening on this. And it was wonderful. Like, we saw a lot of Chelsea's dog. We saw some Elvis. We didn't see Craig's dog, Bethany, unfortunately. I mean, Craig's dog, Bethany. Wow, Craig's dog, Bethany. Wow, we didn't get any of that this week. But hopefully in the coming weeks, we'll get more. I like seeing all the dogs. It's really fun for me, I think. It's just a, it's just a good time. Now, last week, we got all that stuff between Austin and Madison. We're not really dealing with the fallout of that this week. This is more about the girls. So the girls are going on their girls' trip. We do open the episode with the cast getting ready for their day, which seems to be a new trope on the show, or maybe it's always happened, but I'm just noticing it. Every single episode now is like them starting their day, like brushing their teeth, and Craig was shaving his neck. Craig was not doing any bracelet work this episode. Last week, we did see him waking up with lots of bracelets on. This week, I didn't see any bracelets on his hands, although he was wearing, I think, a long sleeve, and I was more focused on him shaving his neck. But... He was waking up. We're getting Austin like on the floor looking for his phone. So it's just this montage of them all greeting their day. And it's a very, I don't know, it was a weird, it was a weird thing. Chelsea was like greeting her dad. And it kind of, what I think is good about it is it keeps you on guard because you're not sure where we're going to settle in at. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know if we're going to get into a scene with Chelsea or Craig or Austin because we're just seeing them all start their day. So we're almost like, all, I'm on the edge of my seat, like thinking, where are we going to go? Like, because it'll always show them all, and then we'll land on one of them. So then we'll spend like extra time on one of them. So it's like, we saw Chelsea, we saw Austin, we saw Craig, and I'm just thinking, who are we going to land on? And then, 
Landon. Speaking of Landon, what's going on with Landon? Where is she? I'm glad she's not on the show. But never forget. Never forget. I wasn't even meaning to bring up Landon, but I was saying Landon, and here she is, like the ghost. Ghost haunting us. <laughs> she's like uh, the, the balloon that haunts Dorinda, that is her ex-husband Richard. We're getting ghosts of Landon. Now, here's the point. The point is, we landed on Chelsea. We saw Chelsea with a very aggressive choker, and she greeted her dad. But then instantly, we switch back to Austin. Instantly. So we got like one brief moment with Chelsea, not just a montage moment, but we got like one brief moment with her dad. And then we go to Austin's house, where Craig arrives with a breakfast burrito. Now, it's apparently the day after Austin and Madison had their big breakup, and the guys all had that big drinking night out. They talk about Madison. They ate a breakfast burrito. I love a breakfast burrito. I mean, what a gem Craig is. He just arrived with a breakfast burrito. If Craig knocked on my door with a breakfast burrito, I'd be instantly wet. (laughs) I'd welcome him in. I would leave my boyfriend, and I'd say, that's it. We're running away together, Craig. You've hit all the... (laughs) Craig's hit all my buttons. A breakfast burrito in the morning, nothing better, right? Nothing better than a breakfast burrito. But they talk about Madison, and and Austin's kind of having second thoughts of if he should have broken up with her. Then we cut to Chelsea, who's cutting Shep's hair, again with that choker. I I don't know this look of the choker. I know that's back, but I don't know that that kind of choker's back. I'm not sure. I'm not a fashionista. I'm not a fashion maven. But it seems like it could hurt someone if they came too close to it. I think it looked great if you're trying to cover up maybe a hickey or something. I think that'd be a great accessory. It just was catching me off guard. Like, I couldn't get my bearings. And I saw it in the previews last week. At the end of last week's show, they said, coming up next week. And we saw that choker, and I was surprised then. So I knew it was coming. I still knew it was coming, and I was still very surprised and taken aback. So, look, I appreciate the fashions. She's giving us some fashions. Uh, she's, she's doing it. <laughs> she's doing it. Anyway, they talk about Austin and Madison. and Shep. Again, Shep has just very different feelings about this whole Austin-Madison thing. He thinks it's weird that Madison cheated on Austin, but then all the girls are like, well, Austin cheated on Madison. Chelsea says, you get what you give, which is so right. She said, do better and you'll get better. Chelsea's got some good sayings. Chelsea's like a Dorinda in the making. Like, I feel like Chelsea sometimes has these like one-liners that I'm into that I would buy if they were knitted on a pillow. And I do appreciate that about Chelsea. Then Chelsea revealed that Austin texted Madison about Chelsea. So this is a weird situation, a weird development to me, because Madison went to Chelsea while uh, it seemed she was with Austin. So Austin and Madison are together. Madison reaches out to Austin's ex-girlfriend to say that Austin said, you have a fake Instagram life? I know this is hard to follow, but what a weird thing to reach out to someone's ex. Like, this Madison is sneaky, you guys. She's sneaky. Who does that? It's a very weird thing to do. And also, by the way, if somebody's talking about me behind my back, I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't reach out to me. Don't text me. Just keep talking about me, but I don't need to hear it. And it's weird to me that Madison just reached out to tell Chelsea, like, what a horrible thing to do. And then also, Austin had been texting that Chelsea's got a fake Instagram life. What does that mean? I wrote in my notes to do my research, and unfortunately, I did not go to Chelsea's Instagram. I should have. Because I need answers, like, how is she trying to fake her life on Instagram? What's this fake life? Chelsea doesn't give me that vibe. You know, like, I don't, I don't get the vibe that Chelsea's trying to fake anything. 
I don't. Then we cut to Cameron, who's trying to have it all as a mother. And she wants to go to work. And she's saying that there's... She doesn't think there's anything wrong with that. She said that in the confessional. And I agree with her. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think being a mother, and I'm no expert because I'm not a mother. Fortunately, I will not be a mother ever. But I I respect mothers um, you know, so, so much. I think mothers are the most important people in the entire universe. And I think there's no wrong way to mother. Whoever, However anyone wants to mother is how they want to mother. Obviously, like, not mommy dearest style. <laughs> That's maybe where I draw the line. But when it comes to, like, working, I think it's fine. And every woman is going to make their own choice if they want to work. And if they want to work, we should support them. And if they want to stay home with the kids, we support them. Being a mother is hard as shit. So we should support them with whatever the fuck they want to do. To all the mothers out there, I salute you. However you're raising your children. Good job. As long as, as, long as it's not like mommy dearest. You know? <laughs> as long, anything under anything better than that, I salute you. You know, we're all doing our best. And oh, Cameron was talking about hiring a nanny. And I think this is a relatable conversation. I'm not so interested in Cameron's like motherhood struggles, although I think they're relatable. It's just hard for me to relate, although I do appreciate that they're showing it because I know a lot of people can probably relate. But I don't know. I think it's I think a lot of people probably struggle with that decision of hiring a nanny. Then we cut to everyone packing, and this is where we get all the dog work. We, so we see Chelsea with her dog. We see Naomi with her dog. Oh my God, you guys, I got to talk about Naomi for a second. So you know how I talk about Naomi's restaurant? Is it Nico? I think it's Nico. But last week we talked about it, and a lot of people reached out to me who have been to this restaurant. Now, I thought it looked very upscale and nice. But let me tell you something. The DMs that I got about Naomi's parents' restaurants were so funny. Like so, one person said it used to be a Pizza Hut, so you could still tell. <laughs> that was maybe my favorite. Apologies that I don't have the the at in front of me, but they said it used to be a Pizza Hut, and you can like tell that it used to be a Pizza Hut. You know what I'm saying? Like the the fixture, it probably like says Pizza Hut on the wall, but like in in <laughs> faded lettering. That's how I'm picturing it. I'm sure it's nicer than that, but that's how I'm picturing it in my head after it's been described to me. And then somebody else said it looked like a a Ruby Tuesdays, like a former Ruby Tuesdays. And I'm, I'm from Ohio, and I love a Ruby Tuesdays. But they said it was like a an off brand Ruby Tuesdays, and I'm thinking like, what is it like a Topaz Thursday? I don't know. <laughs> Stupid joke. But yes, it was very made me laugh. I mean, the descriptions of this place. We're gonna change the name of Nikos to Topaz Thursdays in honor of the Ruby Tuesdays reference. <laughs> uh, but that was what I heard about it. I still want to go. I think the food looked great, and I love my Naomi. I think she's phenomenal. So they're all getting ready. We get that Danny confessional, which was shocking to me. And Danny's saying she's exhausted by Catherine. Now, maybe can get a hold of Catherine. They're trying to go on this trip, but they have no idea like what they're supposed to pack, what they're supposed to wear, when they're leaving, all of that. Then the producers do one of these things that I love when they do. They give us one of those title cards that says, eight hours later. It's very dramatic, because we're thinking, what the hell happened with Catherine? Where has she been? No one could get a hold of her. This happened last season, and turns out Catherine was just depressed, which I actually think this is the most realistic portrayal of depression and anxiety that I've seen on TV. <laughs> you just can't get a hold of someone. So I know when I've struggled, it's like, sometimes it's just hard to text someone back, you know what I mean? And you just want to crawl under the covers. When you're in that dark place, you're not, in, you're not interested in like texting someone to tell them what to wear on a vacation. You know what I'm saying? So that this was very real. But we got that eight hours later, and then we see Catherine with luggage entering her home. So she goes into her home, she texts her boyfriend, and then she talks to Danny. So Danny says, like, 
Catherine, where have you been? What's going on? We've been looking for you. We need to know what to wear. We need to know if we st- are we still going on this trip. Catherine is not having it. She said, oh, don't make this into something it's not. No one's called me. Catherine says, no one's called me. Then Danny says, I have. Then Catherine responds with, no one else has. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is so fucking funny when you think about it, because it's like, she's just totally disregarding Danny. She's like, Danny, you're not a cast member. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Little did she know that Danny's actually a cast member now. She's got confessionals. So here we are. But it was just so funny. She's like, well, no one else has, so who cares? <laughs> then they show Catherine. Like, the producers totally throw Catherine under the bus, because Catherine's like, you know, they I've given everyone explicit details about this trip. And then the producers show the flashback footage of Catherine telling everyone about the trip and being like, I'll let you know later about details. <laughs> just so funny and so shady, and I love it. Love it. Then we cut to the day of this trip, so they're all meeting at Catherine's house. And before everyone arrives, Catherine's signing paperwork for $126,000-plus Rolls Royce. They show us that price tag on the screen, and it's over $126,000. I don't know where she's getting this money. I don't know what's going on. Apparently, the cast is concerned about it, too. It must be that guy, right? Like it's Because when she broke things off with Thomas, do you remember she moved into like a very tiny place? Not that it was tiny, but it was like a very modest place last season. Now she's in this big, very expensive rented home and over 6000 a month. And now she's renting this very expensive car. Like something's going on here. I know she was right later in the episode. She said it's none of our business. She was right. But you know what? It is our business because we're watching a reality TV show about your life. <laughs> so here we are speculating. So then the girls get in the car, and they're driving to this treehouse vacation spot. And we got to talk about this. They're eating candy in the car. And Naomi says, did y'all know some people put gummy bears up their butt? So let me just repeat that. She says, <laughs> let me repeat that for the record. <laughs> Everyone pull over if you're driving. Did y'all know some people put gummy bears up their butt? She said. Then Cam said, I don't understand why people put anything up their butt, including a wiener. Now let me just say, this is Pride Month. We do not need this during Pride Month, Cameron. You know, save this for another time. Save this chat for another time. <laughs> we do not need you shaming our version of sex during Pride Month. I have an, I take issue with this. I take umbrage. If you really were to pause their faces, I think you could tell who does anal, because I think they all had a look on their face. Some of them were different than others. They, none of them wanted to say anything. They didn't want to admit to their their private lives. But I'm not here to... You know, I'm not here to judge. I'm, we're sex positive here. I'm just saying. I think we would all be able to tell if we paused it. And meanwhile, in this scene, they were doing a lot of hat work. We've been saying on Bravo, they're doing lots of hat work. This scene had very different hat work going on. We had Naomi wearing a Carmen Sandiego hat. Danny was wearing this, like, uh, just a baseball cap, but in a camo colored baseball hat. What am I saying? A camel? <laughs> That's hard to say. Camo colored baseball hat. Say that five times fast. Camo colored baseball hat. Chelsea had sort of a beret on. I don't know. It was very aggressive. Lots of hats stuff going on. Then Catherine is talking a little bit more about her senator boyfriend. We also find out here that Catherine is smoking a vape pen in her confessionals, which was sort of surprising to me. It almost... When I, look, when I see smoke, especially in a confessional atmosphere, I'm thinking of a villain. You know, like, I don't know. I'm thinking of, like... I know, I know Catherine's not a Corella DeVille. We love Catherine. But whenever I think of someone smoking, particularly in a confessional, talking about their lives, I can't help but think Corella DeVille or villain. 
You know, and I know Catherine's not the villain. She's the Pepper Ann of the series. But I can't help but think that way. She's smoking the vape pen. I'm surprised she didn't just wait until after she was off the confessional camera. I don't know if they just had happened to catch her doing it or if it was planned, but we did see it. We did see it. Then we cut to the scene with Eliza and her dirtball dad. <laughs> I shouldn't call him that. Everyone, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but it seems like he made a big mistake. And look, I'm just meeting this man and I'm just learning about his past. So hopefully down the, la- down the line, I'll be able to forgive him. But right now, I'm not quite there yet. But she goes to this plantation, she says, and then she says she didn't talk to her dad after he cheated for about a year. They fish. Then it was revealed that Eliza almost died. This was a lot to handle from someone that we're just learning about right now. She revealed that she almost died. She was going to get on a plane, but then her boyfriend didn't have his passport, so they couldn't get on the plane. And then the plane went down and just vanished. It just vanished. Like, all of a sudden, we got this, like, Lost-style mystery series in the middle of my Southern Charm episode. It was a lot to take in, but it was thrilling. I mean, this whole mystery, I want to get to the bottom of this mystery. I know that's not what this show is about, but maybe we can redirect some of the Whitney time and try to find this missing plane. Because when they were talking about this, they didn't reveal that they were able to find these people. It was just said that the plane went missing. Did you catch the news clipping they showed? It did not say that everyone died. It said basically they vanished. They vanished. So it was more like David Blaine shit. And I think they could still be out there. And I think we need to find them. So I wouldn't mind if we shifted gears a bit and maybe dedicate like five minutes. Maybe we don't need as much time with Chelsea and her dad. Or... I don't know where else we could find some real estate in this show. I think maybe just cutting a little bit more of Whitney out, maybe some of the Shep shower time. I think that would be a great place to start. All of those scenes with the Shep in the shower, I think we should just cut those down. And then I think we should get a detective, like put a detective on the show. And then we go trace this plane crash and we try to figure out where it is. And then when we find it, we do a spinoff. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm always thinking like a producer. I'm not a producer, but I think... I fancy myself as one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I could do it. And I feel that if we got a detective on here to find that plane, we could do a great spinoff. Bravo, call me. I'm willing to do it. I'm not a detective, but I'm willing to get the ball rolling. <laughs> find this plane. We got to find it. It'd be the perfect opportunity for a spinoff. We, I don't know, we call it uh, Southern Wrecked or, I don't know, um, I wrecked charm or plain charm. I don't know. I'm, I haven't quite thought it through. I know those weren't great suggestions, but I'll keep spitballing it. <laughs> My creativity peaked with Topaz Thursdays. Anyway, the point is, it was a beautiful scenery in this scene when they were fishing. Eliza and her dad were fishing. It was beautiful scenery, and I liked seeing the lake and stuff. It was just pretty. Then we cut to the girls getting to this treehouse place. It's a very terrifying place. It looks like uh, that scary movie. What was it called? Blair Witch Project. I remember when I was growing up in Ohio in high school, we used to drive to like very deserted places. I don't know why this made me think of it in high school. We would drive to deserted places to scare ourselves. It was like a very weird thing to do. I lived and I'm from Solon, Ohio, and there's a place called Joggle Lake, and Joggle Lake had shut down. And I remember we would drive like up those roads to like look at it. It was very scary. And we would just want to scare ourselves, which is weird because now I'm not interested, not into frights or driving, neither. Actually, it's a fright to drive with me, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, not interested. But it looked terrifying. Then when we got there, I thought it looked beautiful. They were showing the tree houses. One of them looked like Kate Winslet's house in the holiday, although it did have a record player that was from Urban Outfitters. 
you know, no judgment, but it was definitely from Urban Outfitters. It was a Cros- it was Crosby or Crosley. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Record player from Urban Outfitters. And I've seen it there before. I have almost the exact one. So I, I clocked it right away. And we know that, uh, what's his name? Austin has a bunch of records. We saw that last week in his house. So I wish some of the girls maybe brought some of Austin's records. I feel like we could have made use of them at this treehouse. But it's a beautiful location. I love this place. I would like to go there. It was so funny because, of course, we recap Real Houses New York on here. And when the Roni women go on vacation somewhere, it takes them a full episode at least to decide rooms. <laughs> it's my favorite trope of a housewives. It's like a full episode. New York does it flawlessly, perfectly. I love it. They do a whole episode of them deciding rooms and who gets the best room. It's always so much fun. Now, on Southern Charm, it took us 10 seconds. And they were all like, you know, I'll let you have this room. You take this room. How about you take this room? You know what? I'll take this room. I'll take whatever room. Which room do you want? I'll take whatever room you need. I'm here. I'm to take any room. I'll take any room you need. Catherine, why don't you take this room? You know what? Naomi, you should have the room you want. You know, Cameron, how about you take the Chelsea? You know what? You just take the room you want, and then I'll take whatever room's left over. I'll take that room or this room or whatever room you need. Or I, I don't even have to have a room. I could just get, a, get in the car and sleep in the car. I don't even care. I'll just sleep anywhere. It doesn't matter if I have a room. I want you to have the room. Like, you take the room you want first. And how about we all just take the rooms we want? Or how about, like, you just take a room, and then I'll take another room, and then I'll, then you'll sleep outside? Or, like, we don't even care. It's just as long as we're all together, it's just fine. <laughs> but it's like, they were <laughs> They were all happy to, and they were sharing rooms, which was shocking to me. There were only two rooms? What was going on there? Was that the case? I got very confused, and I didn't know if it, I had missed something, but it seemed as though they were sharing two rooms amongst five people or six people, and that's not okay with me if I was on a vacation. Catherine, at one point, they were all getting ready, and she told Danny and Naomi, she's like, you go ahead without me. And that's exactly what, have been what I would have done, and then I would have like needed an hour of alone time. I need my alone time. So you throw me in a room with people, then while they're at dinner, I'm going to be sitting in the room by myself because I need some alone time. Anyway, it was such a stark contrast. And then, oh, speaking of contrasts from Real Houses in New York, then they're sitting there at Catherine or Cameron and Chelsea were talking about drinking because they were going to the vineyard. And Cameron or Chelsea said, should we be drinking in front of Catherine? And then they like had talked about that. Meanwhile, on the Real Houses in New York, they're blacking out in front of a woman who is court-ordered to go to rehab. <laughs> Those women on The Real Houses of New York are truly blacking out in front of a woman who is court-ordered to go to rehab. And that's a stark contrast to the Southern Charm cast. We're like, maybe we shouldn't drink in front of Catherine. We'll keep it nice. <laughs> it's just so, oh my god, Those Real Houses of New York women, wow. No manners. <laughs> no manners. They don't have Southern manners over there on Roni, let me tell you that. They're getting blacked the fuck out. So then we cut to this vineyard. Chelsea says, what the fuck am I wearing? And I thought that too. We all thought that. It was nice of Chelsea to call it out. I've been thinking that the whole episode, the whole season, really. Chelsea said, what the fuck am I wearing? And then Cameron's starting to get drunk. She's driving in the car. She brought the rosé in the car. And she says, I don't like rose. It was rosé. And they laughed at her. And I laughed along with them at her. Then it's revealed that Whitney texts Catherine. This is the exact text that Whitney got Catherine when they were on the way to the winery or in the winery. Catherine got a text that said, yo, where are you at? Um, what the fuck is going on with Whitney? Again, I repeat, that's the question of the week. What the fuck is going on with Whitney? Hashtag WTF is going on with Whitney. <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, where are you at? Where my little fucker at, motherfucker? <laughs> 
It reminds me of my Halloween in New York when she's like, don't tell me anything, motherfucker. Don't tell me anything, motherfucker. Did you learn that in prison? It's like you just don't expect that language out of someone like Whitney with the glasses and everything. And the dog smoochies. Very uh, shocking to me. What the fuck's going on? Then that's when we get that scene of... French press, bro. Maybe I'll get a cup. Get a pot, man. I want, I want you hitting off my shit. Oh, so then the girls at the winery, when they're drinking the wines, they start talking about Whitney and Catherine having sex, and then Catherine reveals these details about Whitney's sex. He went one round. It was not passionate. The noise he made was, uh... That was the noise that Catherine did. I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but they said, did he make any noises? And she goes, he said, uh... <laughs> I feel like we should change this into ASMR and... Have you guys seen those ASMR or listened to those ASMR videos where it's like, uh, <laughs> that was the ASMR version of Whitney's sex noise. <laughs> oh my God, please don't leave me a bad review for that. I know that was a real low point for this podcast, but <laughs> the podcast hit a new low this week when Danny did ASMR to Whitney's sex noise. <laughs> anyway, then... Uh, the girls have some wine at this vineyard. Then we cut to the girls before dinner, and Cameron and Chelsea are eating in bed. They're just eating guacamole and chips. And that's what I would do on vacation, too. I like that. Here's the thing about this vacation spot. It looks like a place for couples, or not even not even couples with other couples. It looks like just a place you go to have sex with your husband. Do you know what I'm saying? It didn't look like a place for girlfriends to go. Beautiful locale. Stunning locale. But it doesn't seem like somewhere a place that friends would go with friends. So it's a little bit shocking that we're here. I mean, all the beds are just one giant round bed. That's a bed for having sex on. They don't make big round beds for you to share with someone named Danny and Naomi, uh, your castmates on Southern Charm. So I would just recommend that maybe our next trip, we go somewhere. I'm happy with an all-girls trip. I like it. I just think maybe another winery, another vineyard, where it's not actually designed for boning your significant other. That's what I would request. Although it looks stunning. I love looking at it. Again, it looked like The Holiday. One of my all-time favorite Nancy Myers movies, The Holiday. So they're getting ready for dinner. They get to this beautiful little restaurant. It's raining outside. It's so cute in this little restaurant. I did love it, you guys. Again, it looked like a restaurant that you would go with your significant other, but we're not having that here. We're just a bunch of girls sitting around. Catherine didn't like the food. She's talking about Joe. She says he's Sicilian, which I just want to say that I'm Sicilian, too. That's like where most of my lineage is from. The majority of my lineage is Sicilian. And so Catherine said this about her boyfriend, Joe. She said he's Sicilian, so he says, hey, baby, a lot. Now, look, my people are Sicilian, and I don't recall this being a trait. I'm sorry. I recently did a 23andMe, and that was not listed on the report. I got a lot of traits on there. And look, I can show you the I can show you the twenty three and me reports. It said I was mostly Sicilian, had a lot of other things in me, but we won't get into that for now. Let's just focus on Sicilian. And it didn't say anywhere in that report that we say, "Hey, baby," that was not a thing. I don't think that's a trait of Sicilians. I don't recall my grandma t- teaching me that growing up. She's no longer with us, so unfortunately, we can't ask her. But I think I don't think it's a trait. And then the girls always. The girls confront Catherine, so they say, you're always late, you need to be held accountable. Catherine says, I've dealt with severe depression, I've been living in total chaos. And it's like, yeah, she's right, she's been in severe depression. Her life has been true chaos. Like, talk about chaos, like the craziest fucking life she's had. She's 27 years old. 
Twenty fucking seven. Twenty fucking seven. She's twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. That is too young to be going through all this chaos. And so, yes, if she's late to a workout class or something by a couple minutes, like leave her be, Danny. You know that really just made me upset. I do think that Catherine needs to take some accountability. I do agree with that, especially because Cameron said it, and I believe Cameron. But you know she's going through a lot. Just let her be. And then also, who cares about the car? I think it's okay for us to comment on it. <laughs> I know I'm being so hypocritical. I'm like they shouldn't comment on the price of her car, but then I'm like thinking like how the fuck did she get that car? <laughs> so I don't know where I stand on that. You know what? I don't know where I stand. I want to know how she got that money. But Naomi told her the perception is bad. She said, "Look, I want to tell you to her face as your friend, the perception of you getting that expensive car is bad." And then Catherine, in her confessional, she says, "I don't ask Naomi how she funds her business." course she's talking about (laughs) she's talking about naomi's business that we (laughs) people get mad when i say labay because it's pronounced labay but i i refuse so i'm just calling it (laughs) labay anyway people get mad people dm'd me last week because they're like it's pronounced labay and i'm like i know but it doesn't look like that to me maybe something's wrong with my eyes Maybe that's my own issue with my eyes. I need to go to an eye doctor, but it does not look like a bit LeBay to me. It looks like LeBay. Anyway, <laughs> it was great shade on Catherine's part. And then we end. Now, next week on the show, we have what looks to be amazing. You guys, on the previews for next week, Craig invites everyone over. And then they're like sitting there and they're thinking like, what are we doing here? And then Craig reveals that they're there to help fill his orders for his pillow company. <laughs> like, Oh, it made me laugh. And it looks like a flawless episode. Like, everyone's fighting. It looks like true chaos. And I cannot wait. So this episode of Southern Charm, I was a little disappointed because we didn't get a lot of the guys. Although I kind of hate the guys, so that was partially a win. But I did miss my Craigie. You know, I did miss my Craig and I miss Bethany. We got all the dog work happening, but we did not get my uh, Craig's dog, Bethany. So that's the episode. Very excited for next week. And I want to get to The Real Houses of New York. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Okay, let's talk about The Real Houses of New York. I love this episode of Roni. I could watch these women date, try to date, flirt, try to hook up with men forever and ever. I think it's so wonderful to see on TV. It's hilarious. It's compelling. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Where else on TV, in the current landscape in American television, are we seeing women over 40, 50, over 60 try to date flirt, single women living their lives. It's so refreshing to see. It's truly, I cannot sing its praises enough because it's so important. There's nowhere else we're seeing this, not even within the other franchises. The other franchises have some single women here and there, but this is a franchise that they're just like leaning into the single life. It is truly like Sex in the City. Like tonight's episode, I was thinking, this is like the modern Sex in the City. It's phenomenal. And I think that's something that we don't recognize Roni for for doing as much as we should, because it's so important to see representation on TV and seeing women who are single and over a certain age be single is a very important representation. So I just applaud Bravo. I applaud these women. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. Like the Molly Shannon character. I love it. Now, look, I know last week I got in trouble. Some people were disappointed that the Real Houses of New York recap was a little bit shorter than normal. I will try to do a little bit more time. I'm trying to cover the episodes as much as I can, but just know I, they might not be as long as they were previously because we I wasn't covering Southern Charm. So I'm trying to cover the both shows. And, you know, I can't have three-hour episodes because Danny's tired. <laughs> I'm tired, frankly. And I'm doing my best. So, you know, not looking for sympathy or anything, but, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina. I am just, I'm doing my best. So if they're a little short, I apologize. I just, doing a full hour of each is just a little bit too much, but I'm trying to, you know, we're getting it all in. I'm I'm not trying to skip over anything. I feel like last week's in particular, I just thought it was a flawless episode. It was like, I didn't know what else to say other than it was perfection. And this week was pretty damn good too, but I was getting yelled at. I mean, the internet's just people yelling all the time. I mean, it's really discouraging. On uh, Instagram, I posted some Real House of Beverly Hills memes, and everyone just yells. It's like the comment section is just so upsetting. It's just everyone yelling at everyone. <laughs> everyone saying things about women's looks and everything, and I, I don't know. I know we all can. I, I'm sure I've said things, too, that are very inappropriate. But it can be just so discouraging, and especially like when it's a million negative comments. Just you see it like when I log into Instagram or something, and it's the whole news feed. It's just negativity. Like, look at her fucking face. That's what everyone... I posted a thing about Brandy, and everyone was just talking about her face. Oh, my God. And I try to... I don't always do a good job of this, but I try to mostly, like, not be 
too hard on the I'm like so I love these women that they've opened themselves up for us. So like I may be usually a little harder on the men. So people always wonder why I'm so hard on Ken. <laughs> like I maybe said some bad things about Ken. I've maybe said a few off color remarks about Ken. Have I wondered if he's still with us? Yes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've maybe wondered that once or twice, and maybe it's not quite appropriate, but I think Ken is fine. He's doing well. He's a very successful older straight white male. I think he's doing well. I mean, should somebody put a mirror up to his nostrils and see if it fogs up? Maybe. But I do apologize if I cross the line with with the men, but I feel like the men can take it. So I, I, I don't know. I'm blabbering now, but let's get into this episode of The Real Housewives of New York. You guys, this opening was so funny. It just, there's just so many laughs. I mean, we ended last week with Sonia falling on the floor. We opened this week with Sonia's fall. It was perfect comedy. And she just kept saying, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. She just kept saying to Bethany and whoever was in her line of vision, I'm going to knock you out. I don't know what she was. She was like a rag doll. They were trying to hold her up. She could not hold up straight. She was just... She had no bones. I mean, we talked about bone density last week on the show, and Sonia had no bones. It was just like she was being held up with just muscle tissue. She just was like a bowl of jello, and she could not hold her own body up. Bethany was like trying to hold her up. I'm going to knock you out. And it's like, you're not knocking anyone out. You have no bones. It was like the bones had diminished. She needed some Boniva. Anyway, she could not stand. And meanwhile, this is happening. They're calling the ambulance. So Bethany is... First of all, that's amazing TV. Bethany knows how to make good TV. She's like, we got to call the ambulance. Because Sonia, I think, was okay. But Bethany's a smart enough producer to know, we got to make some action here, so let's call the ambulance. Brilliant move. Bravo, Bethany. Meanwhile, Ramona and Tinsley are just getting ready to go out. They're just getting ready to go out. They like go down to look at Sonia, and Tinsley's just like, are we going out now? And <laughs> Sonia's just in bed. She's such a mess. Such a mess. She's, Bethany's trying to ask her, like, well, who's the president? So he's like, Clinton, Clinton. And then she's like, never mind that fucking Trump guy is. <laughs> and I thought Sonia voted for Trump, but when you just hear that, she's like, that fucking Trump guy. I mean, we're not getting into politics here, but it was just funny. <laughs> it was so funny to see that. She was just so, so drunk. Like, really, I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna knock you out. <laughs> then the EMT arri- EMTs arrive. And they're blurred out. They give them those like sexy deep voices. They all sounded like Luann. They did the voice modulation. <laughs> they, all, they all sounded like Luann when they were in that room. And they were seemingly sexy. We didn't even see their faces. And I was like, oh yeah, they're sexy. Like that was enough to just, their faces were blurred and their voices were modulated like glue. And I still thought, yep, I would do them. They were cute. And meanwhile, like Sonia's getting checked out and she's telling Bethany like, they're hot. She's like, she tells to the EMT, she said, can you shag her too? <laughs> so funny. So it's like perfect comedy. And then outside, Tinsley and Ramona are going off to the club. Like they're going into their Uber. They pass by a stretcher to get in their Uber to go out. You guys, can we just talk about that for a second? They literally walked past a stretcher that was there for their friend. Now, thankfully, Sonia didn't have to go. But there was a stretcher and an ambulance there for their friends, and they walked right past it to get in that Uber to go find some men. And that is the kind of television I want to watch. <laughs> Beautiful TV. You guys, Tinsley's a good housewife. I said it. You know, I love Tinsley. Game set. Now I need a match. I love Tinsley, and she shined at this episode. And I think if you compare, I know Barbara's new, but Barbara is just such kind of a wet rag on this show, and Tinsley... If you compare the two, it's like Tinsley's a star, you guys. 
I know we're afraid to admit it and say it out loud, but I'm not, I'm saying it out loud. Tinsley's a star. And I love this whole idea of Ramona and Tinsley out drinking together. I like this duo. Tinsley brings up Scott, which she does every scene she's in. Every single scene she cries about Scott, or tries to cry. She's not always getting a tear up, but she's always trying to get a tear out. She says, you know, on the other vacations, when we went to Cartagena, I got flowers. When we went to Mexico, I got flowers. She said, now we're on this vacation, I'm not getting any flowers. And Ramona says to her, what kind of flowers do you want, bitch? That was, that was an exact quote, word for word quote. What kind of flowers do you want, bitch? Then Ramona does this great analogy with these drinks. So Ramona, they have four drinks in front of them, which is confusing. They had ordered one drink, but then, I don't know, they didn't like it, or they were double fisting, then they got wine. So they had four drinks in front of them. And Ramona gave a great analogy about men. She said, if you only have this one drink, then you're relying on it to be perfect. But if you have all these drinks, then if this drink doesn't work out, you move on to the next one. I mean, I've never seen Ramona that lucid before. It was a brilliant analogy. I thought it was great. And there are all these rumors in the press about Ramona not being asked back next season or being demoted or whatever. It was on like a radar online. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't confirmed by any of the housewives or Bravo or anything. And I don't believe it to be true. As far as I know, they usually wait until after the reunions air. So I'm not worried about it at all. I feel like it was maybe a, I don't know, a planted story or something like that. I don't, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but I think that it's false. But either way, I was thinking about it this week and it, scared me a little bit, because when I first saw it, I just saw the headline, like, Ramona is going to be demoted. And it also said Lou. But I'm not so worried about Lou, because I wouldn't mind if Lou was demoted. I don't want Lou off the show. I just think it would be good for Lou to just be a friend of, like she was back in season seven, I think. I think that would be good for her. But Ramona, like, I'm not willing to accept that. And I know a lot of people don't like Ramona, but I'm not willing to accept her to be demoted in any capacity. So it does make me mad this episode when Ramona like was leaving the art show and she's done a lot this season. And maybe that's why maybe Bravo leaked it or something. Maybe they want Ramona to know that she's going to need to be around for filming and for these events if she's in the cast. But it did make me upset when I saw her going. I'm like, Ramona, no, your job's on the line. I was like screaming at the TV like I was watching the fucking Super Bowl. Ramona, no, (laughs) go to the art show. That's what I was shouting. Anyway, I love her so much. Then the next day, we wake up the next day at 9.53. Lou's walking around the resort. Uh, coffee? Coffee? She's shouting for coffee. She says, why is no- there nobody to help? <laughs> My Lou impression has totally turned into Yoda, by the way. I don't know why or how. It's just shifted that way. And look, we're embracing it. But she's shouting for coffee. She says, why is there nobody to here to help? She's being a very big diva, a true nightmare. I think Luann is being worse to the help. And actually, Sonia is being worse to the workers at this resort than anyone else. I truly believe that. And Ramona, again, not a nice human being, but she seems to be better than at least Sonia and Luann at this point. So Bethany and Tinsley wake up in the bed, and Bethany says that they were up late, but we missed it. Because we saw the camera footage of Tinsley and Ramona out, but we never saw any footage after that. So where is it? I'm tired of this happening. I hope this stops. We need to stop this at some point, because so far on the Berkshires trip this happened, it happened another time, and we're missing a lot of this footage, and I just need someone to take out a cell phone. Oh, it happened at the Lou's, I don't know, that shithole, that that roundhouse Lou lives in when they went to that old lady's cabaret. It happened that night. Where's the footage? Bethany should know better, too. Honestly, like I blame Bethany, because she, out of everyone, should know to take out her cell phone. 
I'm going to need her to pop out that cell phone and just press play, record, whatever you got to do to get the footage. Her and Tinsley were up all night, she said. They were they were up so late. Where's the footage? Show me the footage. Lou's doing yoga. Lou should not be on this trip. I mean, these women were blacked out the night before. I don't think it's a safe space for Lou to be in. And they're all waking up. There's weaves everywhere. There's drinks. Like, they all have that kombucha drinks everywhere. I don't know. Sonia wakes up. She says, I feel great. I'm thinking, what? How do you feel great? Like, how is that possible? How is it possible that she feels great? Did she ever stomach pump the night before? That'd be the only way that I could think. Maybe she got it all pumped out of her or something, but I didn't see that footage either. It's the only explanation Sonia got her stomach pumped because I don't know how else she's waking up and being like, I feel great. She was pulling off like stickers or not stickers, but, um, and she was pulling off like stickers, bandages. Not, why do I keep saying stickers? <laughs> bandages. She was just pulling them off, but I don't know. We got a flashback of Sonia falling off the horse. Did you catch that? Because Sonia woke up with all these bruises, and she's like, I'm fine. I feel good. And then they showed her falling off the horse with Kelly Ben Simone. Kelly Ben Simone gave this really bizarre interview on a podcast. Forgive me, I don't remember the name of it. But check it out, or just Google it. There, Google the news story. She said some very troubling things about Bethany and Scary Island. And I normally love Kelly's craziness, but this was like crossing a line. I thought, like, ooh, Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Whoa. She's a mess. So Lou's doing yoga. I loved her yoga instructor. He had a maybe a belly shirt and short shorts. A real star. And Bethany's wearing a reality sucks t-shirt. Very tongue-in-cheek. Sonia's got the bruises everywhere. Sonia goes up to Bethany and says, thank you for making sure I'm alive. Thank you for making sure I'm alive. I can't believe these women are alive. I mean, let's that's honest to God's truth. I cannot believe these women are walking and coherent, and awake, I do not, I don't understand it. How does it happen? It's magic. This is magic. There's magic going on. I don't know who's, where's David Blaine hiding. I don't know, but there's magic happening at this house because these women all seem fine. They're bright as a daisy, or what's the, bright as, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning, and they were all so fucking drunk the night before. They were drinking Skinny Girl coffee. Did you catch that? I love my Skinny Girl K-Cups. I've told you guys that. The Skinny Girl Half-Calf K-Cups are like one of my favorite products. It's just like, they're very weak, very little coffee in them, very little caffeine. It's just when you want a cup of coffee in the afternoon, but you don't want the caffeine, but you don't want it decaf, like you want like a little tiny jolt, it's perfect. I don't like the other ones, but the Half-Calf K-Cups are great. So then they're all talking about Luann. Dorinda says that Luann's a narcissist. So Ramona decides to go outside and talk to Lou. Now, Lou is so upset about the night before. And she says to Ramona that they all have a problem with her success. And Ramona's like, I don't think that's what it is. And I was having trouble focusing because I don't know if you caught, like, one of Ramona's breasts was like, it was on the brim. Ramona's breast was on the brim because it looked like it was popping out of her bathing suit cover up. The way she was sitting, and it seemed like she was purposely sitting that way. And I know she's very proud of it. And she's got a gorgeous, beautiful body. But... I was just worried about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to, I don't know, wrap it up or something, because it was on the brim. The breast was on the brim. And Lou's just going on and on about no one's happy about our success. She said, they don't want to see, they don't want to see me doing well. They don't want to see me doing well. (laughs) That's what she says. And you guys, that's not it, Lou. That's not it. And Lou tries to turn around on Sonia. She says, Sonia's spiraling. I don't know that I disagree with that. Like, I don't, I don't know that I disagree with that, but I don't think that's what Lou's worried about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think 
Sonia could be spiraling, maybe, allegedly, possibly. But I don't think that Lou actually cares, because Lou didn't even leave the room. The ambulance came to the house, and Lou didn't leave the room. The ambulance came there. If an ambulance came any place I was staying at, whether it be a hotel or anything, like I would go out and see what was going on. If I was at a hotel, I was actually at one in Nashville one time, my friend Jill and I, and the ambulance had come because something had happened at the hotel. And we like went down to the lobby to just see what was going on because we saw all these ambulance. I mean, this is a friend, supposedly a friend, and you're in a house with them. Granted, it's a giant house, but it's still a house, and Lou didn't even leave the fucking room. I mean, come on. And she was trying to get out of tear when she was like talking about Sonia spiraling, and it was like, Lou, you can't get out of tear. She was trying to do some heavy dramatic acting, and it was not working. Then she says, no one checked on me. And I was like, Lou, 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 Lou. Then she mentioned the AA, you guys. I got so troubled when she said, I want Sonia to come to AA with me. Again, I'm not discounting the fact that maybe Sonia is having too much. We definitely saw that on screen. I just think this whole thing that Lou is trying to put onto Sonia's it seems like Lou's trying to put all the that label onto Sonia, the label that she has from the court, like <laughs> the label that Lou got from the court after she assaulted a police officer in Palm Beach. I feel like Lou is trying to put that on Sonia, and it's like Sonia is a mess, but Sonia never assaulted a police officer. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a difference. Lou assaulted a police officer. I just like to repeat that. Just in case, because sometimes I feel like we forget. I forget. I have to remind myself. And I love Lou. Hope she's on the mend. Meanwhile, this whole, th- all this stuff is happening. Babs isn't even there. I'm like, oh. Bethany says, like, this isn't for her. And she gives an analogy of, she's like, my daughter's lunch table. She's like, she maybe she's at the wrong table. She says, maybe Babs is at the wrong table. And it's the perfect description. Babs is at the wrong table. She seems like a lovely, nice woman. But Babs is not meant to be at this lunch table right now. It's, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't. I tried to give her the benefit of the doubt, but the more weeks go on, I'm like, this is just not for you, which is probably a good thing in in truth, because it means she's not a crazy person, because what we like watching is crazy, but she just doesn't seem fit for this whole thing. So then we cut to Luann and Sonia chatting, and Lou says the difference between her and Sonia is that she owns it. She owned when she was in the bushes. Now, speaking of magic, we were talking about magic in this house, and Sonia reveals that she knows some magic. I don't know if it's magic, psychic powers. Not sure what this otherness is. Of course, this whole season we've dealt with ghosts. There's been lots of ghost work, a lot of paranormal work. And now we're just diving a little bit deeper. And Sonia says that she could read Lou's mind. And she says they could just touch arms and then she'll know what Lou's thinking. And you guys, this is... This is some magic. This is, I don't know, what do you call that? Magic, paranormal activity, psychic powers. I don't doubt that Sonia has these powers, to be honest. I was like watching her and I'm like, you know what? Sonia probably has have these powers. I would pay her to do a reading. I would pay Sonia to do a reading. Anyway, you guys, Sonia is invited to AA with Lou. And Sonia says, I don't want to go to AA with Lou Ann on my vacation. She says that in her confessional. And I agree. Imagine somebody inviting you to AA on your confessional the day after you got blackout drunk. It's like, you already kind of feel bad. I, I've gotten drunk before. And it's like, you never really feel good the next day after you blackout. So the last thing you really need is or or want is people saying, like, come to AA with me. It's like, just, just slap in the face. <laughs> 
I don't know. Then let's see. Oh, Babs arrives back. So she had gone for a run. And then she says, oh, it was a tough night. And Dorinda's like, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. That was like how they all, and Barbara went up and I think she said something to Ramona or Bethany. And they're all like, you haven't seen anything. This was nothing. This was nothing. Like last year we were lost at sea. These women are just like telling their horror stories about being on the show. And they just wear them as badges of honor, which I love because they've been through so much together and they truly have been through incredible and outlandish and insane circumstances. And Barbara's just in over her head, and she's not fit for this whole thing. So they're all just being like, well, you know, if you can't survive this, then how are you going to survive, you know, a boat ride from hell? Or whatever it is. (laughs) Like, they've been through so much. Then they have a little bit of a pool day. Apparently, in the nighttime, they're having a dinner party or like a cocktail party. And Dorinda's forced to uninvite people because Rona wants to have 30 people. She has a very specific thing. There was a moment in the pool that I love so, so much where Bethany was trying to take a sexy photo for Instagram or something, and Ramona was just in the background with the noodle. <laughs> Perfect TV. So, so funny. It's revealed Mario's coming to the party and someone that uh, Ramona's been going out with. Before the party, though, they go check out the art. They just go to check out the art. And even on the way to the art, they're talking about this party because they're all so obsessed with like who's coming, the guys that are coming, how many guys are coming. Tinsley's got her sister Dabney going to be there. And Ramona's so worked up about the party that she can't even go look at the art because she's so worried about the men coming to her party. And then maybe also seeing men that day, like she ditched the art to go to the hotel pool or something with some new men. I mean, Ramona's got a one-track mind. And I was this is when I was shouting at the TV, like, go to the art! Because I don't want Ramona ditching these girls because I worry about her future on the show. But again, I'm not worried. I'm worried, but I'm not worried. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not going to get rid of her. But she did ditch them for some guys. And... We all have that friend, right? Like we all, we all have that friend. We all have that friend, or multiple of that friends, who hasn't been on a group vacation where one. I know all the gays listening have had this happen, where it's like one of the gays is always just going to try to find some guy, hook up with some guy. They're going to meet some grinder date or something, and they're leaving the group. And that's what Ramona's doing. It was very relatable, very relatable. And then they go check out this art. Bethany bought this stop sign art for ten thousand dollars, and then the artist started giving them stuff. So Bethany paid for this, but then he gave Tinsley like a five grand soup can or soup can. And he was just giving away these knickknacks to everyone except for Lou. Everyone got one except for Lou and Lou would be like, where's mine? (laughs) Then he finally, I don't know, gave a knickknack to her. It would seem like a lot of money for those knickknacks. I appreciate the art. It was all beautiful and it looked happy and fun, but it seemed like a lot of money for some knickknacks. I buy knickknacks like that at home goods and it's nowhere near the price. I'm just saying. You know, I love my home goods. I feel like some of that stuff, you could probably find a soup can like that in one of the aisles at home goods. You know, the aisle next to where they have the olives. That's where I imagine, like, the soup can stuff. Or this artist, you know, on the brim of, on the peripheral of home goods, they usually have those big signs. Like, I could see that stop sign. You might have to dig for it, but I feel like it'd be at home goods. Home goods loves some word art. And that stop sign looked like it'd be right at home at home goods. And if I saw it there, I'd buy it because I liked it. It was nice. I just don't know that it was $10,000, but, you know, I'm not an artist. I do shop at Home Goods, so what do I know? I'm no expert. Did you guys catch that little shade that Bethany threw at Tinsley? Because they were all saying, like, Tinsley got the free soup can, and then Bethany's like, well, I have a daughter, and she doesn't. It was like a very subtle shade. I thought, oh my god. I wonder if that'll come up again. Then they go to another artist's, and this artist was even better. I thought... Art all seemed happy and cute. I, it didn't look like something I would put in my home, but it looked like 
very adorable. The second artist hat, I shouldn't even, it's not adorable because it's art, but you know what I'm saying. I liked it. There was one, like, a cartoon woman. It looked like Gem and the Holograms. And then Dorinda was like, Lou, it looks like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of an insult, but I loved it. Then we cut to the women getting ready for the night. Ramona says she's got this guy, Kevin, coming over who's 6'4". He's like a rum guy. He sells rum. Very excited to see him. I'm looking at my notes right now, and it just says, Babs is literally adding nothing. <laughs> I know we already talked about that, but I just had to point out that I'm seeing that in my notes. Then Mario arrives, you guys, and I like Mario. I, I do, and I, I sort of think Mario and Rona are good for each other and work together. And I know he cheated and did monstrous things, but then also I think like Ramona's a monster herself, so like maybe it works. And I don't know. I'm not one of those people... Not saying Matt should Matt better not ever cheat on me. I'm not saying that at all. But if my boyfriend cheated on me, I shouldn't say this out loud on record. But I don't know that I'd be really. I don't know. I I shouldn't. I don't want to go on the record. But <laughs> I do not want to go on the record. But the point is, I feel like they could get past it, and I feel like they're meant for each other. Mario and Ramona, they have some chemistry. They do have some wild chemistry. We got the flashback of Ramona giving him a foot rub, and let me tell you, that's chemistry. And Mario's hot. He's gorgeous. Mario's a gorgeous man, and he seems like a little more humble or something. He seemed more manic back in the day. This Mario seems a little bit more humble, quiet. I don't know if he's quiet or nervous to be on camera. But I I felt bad that Ramona had the other guy coming. Before the other guy came, though, Ramona was ordering her drink. And have you noticed they've been showing Ramona order her drink every week? They've been showing her order a drink. And it's wonderful TV. I don't know why. It's just very compelling, but she said she wants ice in her glass at all time, like lots of ice. She's flirting with Mario. With She's like pulling down her slip in front of Mario. It's so awkward. It was so cringy. I was enjoying it, but it was very, it was like cringe. You know when you watch The Office or the show The Comeback, which is my all-time favorite show besides Roni? It's very cringe comedy. Like you watch it and you're cringing and you're laughing at the same time. That's what I felt like watching Ramona flirt with Mario. Then Tinsley's sister Dabney shows up. A guy named Denio shows up, who's gorgeous with the glasses. That guy, Denio, who was flirting with Lou. And he tried to, like, order her a drink. And she's like, oh, just a Coke or Diet Coke. And then, which, I, you know, I love a Diet Coke drinker. Ooh, on Beverly Hills, do you guys see? Erica, Jane, and Lisa Renna, they both ordered Cokes. Renna ordered a Diet. You know I love a Diet Coke drinker. I think they're the most fun people. And when Renna ordered it, I was like, yep, of course she's drinking a Diet Coke. Of course she is. That's my gal. And then Erica Jane ordered a regular Coke, and I was like, oh my god. People actually like messaged me, and they're like, what does it mean when somebody orders just a regular Diet Coke? And I actually think it's like very fun girl, too. Like, I think, I don't know that it's the same kind of thing. Like, I think there's something about a girl with a Diet Coke. But the reason why I like girls that, or girls or gays, I need to specify that, girls or gay men who order Diet Coke, is because I find that when I've been dry, a Diet Coke drinker, you're trying to hold it together, right? Like, you're trying to do your part of, of, eating a little bit leaner. Do you know what I'm saying? So you're ordering a diet, but really, like, it's still a Diet Coke. I don't know if that makes any sense. In my head, it makes sense. It's like you're trying to keep it together, but you're not quite keeping it together. That's why you're ordering a Diet Coke. And that's why those are the most fun people. It's a fact. So I don't know that a regular Coke does the same thing, but I don't know. That's Beverly Hills. I did really like Brandy's return on Beverly Hills. I know people hate her, but I loved her return. And I don't know, the reunion shot. And we'll see. I know, we're not talking about Beverly Hills. Everyone just yells at me when they talk about Beverly Hills. Anyway, let's see. The 
dinner party or this cocktail evening at the Real Houses of New York. Miami House is so awkward. Lou's flirting with this Denio, though. He's so hot. So, so hot. There was a moment, I don't know if you caught this, but when Sonia ate the eel, did you catch this? She ate the eel. Like The cater waiter came over with the plate of sushi. And Sonia goes, oh, the eel's the most expensive. And then she deep-throated the biggest piece of eel. She just put an entire eel in her mouth. She just ate, like, flotsam and jetsam. She just threw in her mouth and ate them whole. It was the most shocking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she put flotsam and jetsam from the Little Mermaid in her mouth and just deep-throated them all and just went to town. And then she, like, didn't even choke her. It was like, she barely flinched. Dorinda was just like, wow. Wow. It was like, what? How did you do that? It was shocking. But, you know, that's my Sonia. That's Sonia. That's Sonia. And then, let's see. Oh, they the girls got to know Dabney a little bit, Tinsley's sister. Dorinda said, what do you do in Palm Beach? And she said, um, I don't work. And it was a very awkward moment. I think Dorinda said something well, like, that's fun. <laughs> it was like a very... We've all had that conversation, too. Either on either side, where it's like, we haven't been working and somebody asks. Or you ask someone who doesn't work. I mean... It's always a very awkward conversation. I love that they kept it in. Like, I love that the editors, it was so shady of them to keep in, and it was just a a beautiful little moment. And speaking of beautiful little moments, you guys, one of my favorites of the episode was Barbara's friend Lori. (laughs) Like, Barbara's friend Lori, who I saw, and no, nothing wrong with this at all. It's just she did look a little butch to me. And not that, again, I love a a butch gal, but Ramona went up and said, You lovers? (laughs) Ramona, God bless you. You lovers? And no one's, including the audience and her friends, no one seems to know what Barb's sexuality is. Sonia said something about it being fluid again, which I know Barbara said, but it still seems like they don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know they had a whole conversation about it, but I still think Sonia, Luann, Ramona, none of them really get it. And Bab said about this Lori girl, no, we're coworkers. She's married with two kids. And then Sonia said, oh, you're fluid, but not with this one. That's how she explained it. And it's like, no one knows. They're all. I think Barbara said she's fluid, but then the girls are all, the women on the show are just assuming and putting the label of gay on her. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the impression I get because you lovers, you don't just walk up to two people, you lovers. (laughs) You lovers. Oh, God bless her. God bless her. Also, it was funny watching Ramona flirt with that Kevin guy because he was so tall. And then Sonia said something like, Ramona looks so short next to you. And then Ramona got all flirty with him. She's like, am I tiny? Am I tiny? <laughs> that laugh, that Ramona laugh. <laughs> am I tiny? <laughs> so, oh my God. Meanwhile, Tins is crying. Tins is crying every second. Tins, wipe up the tears. No tears left to cry, Ariana Grande. Quit it. Cool it. We need you to stop crying. There were a hundred men, hot, gorgeous, successful men in this party. And Tinsley was just crying. It was like, go... Talk to one of these men. They're all single. You know what I wrote down while I was watching this? You guys remember Cindy Barship, who many agree is like one of the worst additions ever. I have a soft spot in my heart for her, Cindy Barship, because she not only cut, um, she was not only cut out of the pictures from Morocco, but she also told Jill famously about the snake on her head. She said, you know what, Jill? Take it off. You know what, Jill? Take it off your head. What is it? That doesn't bite. It feels good. It's cool. Nice little pet. Oh, my God. How could I be afraid of snakes when I have snakeskin shoes? Well, you know what, Jill? Take it off your head. Take it off your head. <laughs> That's my favorite moment. But the point of this is, I actually think Cindy was a better addition than Barbara. And I just want to say that. I want to voice my opinion. And I feel like it's important that I'm being heard. 
So, that's that. But there are all these hot men at this place. Uh, moving away from Barb. There are all these hot men there. There's a guy named Tony who's hot. A guy named Brett who's not as hot as that Tony guy. But Brett is for Tinsley. Bethany's trying to set her up. And Tinsley's terrible at flirting. She's just like, you know, walking around. She's spiraling. Do you see her? She's just like twirling in a circle. It was very awkward. I felt so uncomfortable with Tinsley. I'm like, you've been single this long and you're not good at flirting at all? Like, you're this bad at it? It was quite a sight to see. Then the whole cast, they fuck with Ramona and they decide to do a toast. So they decide to make it look like they set up this whole party because Ramona is trying to take credit for everything. And then in the toast, they're like, Dorinda's like, we got $20,000 art pieces when we went out today, and Ramona didn't get it, and they had had crystals on it, and it was the artist worked with the president, Jesus, and it was just so funny. So funny. And then in Ramona's confessional, she said, you know, that's rude because I brought Dorinda lobster. And then they showed that flashback of Dorinda, or of Ramona packing up, (laughs) packing up the lobster. Ah, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. We got some awkwardness with Kevin and Mario talking. And just as it, I, I thought it couldn't get more awkward. Then Sonia walks up to Mario and Kevin, or just Mario, and says, Ramona made out with Harry, Dubin. And then Dorinda comes by and says, it's true. I mean, it couldn't have gotten more awkward. It was so uncomfortably awkward. It was such cringe comedy. I mean, flawless TV. Bravo, bravo. Because it was so, so good. I love this episode. I don't want them to ever leave Miami. I know, I was, I was worried about this Miami trip. I thought, why aren't they going on a more exotic location trip? But here we are in Miami, and I'm having the best time. I'm live, laugh, loving, and what a great time. Except her, I wish somebody else was there instead of Babs, because she's not adding anything. You two lovers. (laughs) Anyway, next week looks great. It's everyone versus Luann. It looks like uh, all hell breaks loose in Miami. Bethany seems to have a breakdown. Uh, It looks like amazing TV. I cannot wait to watch. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this extra-long podcast. I love you all so, so much. And... Oh, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. There was, uh, I apologize, there was a little Facebook group and I, I sh- I'm shutting it down because I just got overwhelmed with everything. And so I, I was, I couldn't run it. <laughs> that sounds so lame. <laughs> sounds so lame. It was like one of the only good places on the internet too. Like everyone was so great in there, but I was just getting overwhelmed. So I just was like, I can't, I can't do this. Anyway, um, but find me on Twitter, Instagram, shoot me a DM or something. And uh, look, I'm on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you want to support this show, if you click the become a patron button, you could donate $4 or more per month. You could access bonus episodes. I just did a recap of the Real Houses New York Atlantic City trip. It's up there now. And then I'm, I'm working on something this week, a mental health episode over there. So that should be up later this week. But I love you also so much for listening. Let's do a little cool down. Let's take a couple deep breaths in. So let's take a deep breath in and hold it and breathe out. Take another deep breath in, hold it and breathe out. Let's go about your day. Be nice to one another. You know, tell someone you love them. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Raise your hands to I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.